You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today, we're talking about forgiveness. Have you ever had somebody that came into your space unwanted and uninvited and criticized you for being yourself? We'll discuss when to forgive, when to let go, and when to keep the fight going. And to help us, we're talking to one of Mike's best friends and business partners, Carlo Haddad. Let's get ready to forgive! Okay, so with the last episode and recent events, uh, I feel like it's necessary that I clear some things up. And by clear things up, I mean I'm going to double down on my bullshit. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so I want to talk about, I guess, forgiveness and reconciliation because of like recent events and you know and the government and stuff like that but mostly because some people recently tried to come for me and you know i don't let shit go um so i i definitely want to address things that i talked about in the previous episode talking about trump supporters and republicans and kind of labeling all people as racist or mostly all white people and because i know there's some people out there that might be like oh that's not fair mike like you can't do that and i'm like i did it (laughs) and now i'm gonna i'm gonna put some like science behind it okay yeah Uh, yeah i think that makes sense um so you told me that you want to talk about forgiveness yes and you also told me that to talk about the subject, um, that there's a special guest that we could bring on that would be a good person to yes. discuss this uh, with. So that person is my dear friend, dearest friend, long longtime friend, uh, oh, Carlo. So sophisticated. Yeah, uh, he. So we we went to school together, uh, film school together, uh, friends years after, and which doesn't seem like that long, but this was like ten years ago. So that's crazy. <laughs> you guys met 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Uh, wow. Damn, I don't time. like that. That makes me feel weird. Uh, but yeah, so we met 10 years ago. And like at this point now, we are, um, you know, friends. But we're also business partners because we uh, started a company together. He started it mostly. But it's called Ninth Floor Media. And we, you know, represent... Uh, musical music artists is that how we call it rappers yeah, musical artists musical artists singers songwriters performers, performers. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the fuck to call them <laughs> entertainers entertainers but yeah so uh yeah we can if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then we can just jump into the juicy topics yeah um so first of all thanks for having me yeah I've yeah, been welcome. a long time listener and I've been really loving this podcast first time caller yeah, exactly. I always like have so much to say when I'm listening to you guys talk, and now I can finally be. Now you can finally chime in, yeah. and be like, what jump right you in. So I'm really glad you brought me in for like the hardest topic you guys have covered. <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why is forgiveness such a hard topic? I don't know. I feel like it's complicated. There's we'll get, obviously get into it. Yeah, but... it is. Complicated. <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna say what you said earlier, right before we started recording, which was you're like, I don't forgive anyone. I did. <laughs> we'll yeah. get into that too but we're gonna talk about about forgiveness on both ends it's like people i should forgive and people that i need to like be like can you forgive me so yeah that's true okay sorry continue um so yeah i uh, have known mike for 10 years now and i've known grant maybe since 2013 14 yeah i'd say that's when we met met. um i also went to chapman i was in film school too i'm originally from right outside of boston massachusetts um but yeah, now I'm working with Mike and music. We're managing artists 
uh, which has been a really fun and challenging experience, but definitely exciting. And it's definitely what I want to do for the rest of my life. So um, just a little plug. Our artists are Molly Pop, Slake Dronsky, and Subi. Yes. So please check them out. They all have new music coming out in the next few months. So. And if it's so like cool. so difficult for you to figure out all those names, just go to ninthfloor.media and or Ninth Floor Media on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Because you guys are you guys always post stuff on the blog about when many all the time. Happening. We yeah. have monthly playlists. We you got it. Yeah. We got all the. the we whole just shebang. posted a new playlist this week. So yeah. Good stuff. We, I mean, there's they're constantly making new music, and Slake even has songs coming out every week. I think he has one coming out tomorrow. So constantly check ninth floor. What's the name of it? Garden. That garden. Is it garden or the garden? It's the garden. The garden. Yeah. Let me get the the in there because I don't want him to cuss my ass out. Um, but <laughs> awesome. yeah, check it him, out. The garden. Molly Pop and Soup are always working, um, and I think it's important because. There are going to be listeners or people who not understand the full breadth of our conversation or the way how we can relate on a lot of things. Uh, if you want to just quickly touch on your heritage as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, so I'm uh, half Persian and half Lebanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's Lebanese. My mom's Persian. Uh, so I grew up in a multicultural household. Uh, and... I don't know what else was yeah. you want to touch I mean, on. That, I mean that's that's just that's the bulk of it because like there you know there's some things we can relate on like especially with like recent like social media and stuff and like how I have my perspective of people virtue signaling you can also have right. that yeah. with situations that happen in Lebanon and stuff like that. Oh so yeah. So there's there's like levels to how we relate. I mean even on top of that like for some reason he watched like everything that black people watch. I don't know. <laughs> Growing like, up, we, like, know all yeah. the same shows. Really, like, we had a lot of really similar references that were surprising, I guess. But it didn't always start like that. So we we both were in the same fraternity, which is funny because our school was predominantly fucking white, and it was like the whitest fraternity you could think of where you could join. And there's a whole backstory of like other fraternities we tried to join and they didn't want us and all this bullshit and whatever. Fuck man. Were you guys but- trying? To, were you guys <laughs> applying at the same time? At the same we time. We started school. We started at Chapman in the fall of 2010 at the same time. So he was a freshman. Actually, prior to even the student. fraternity, or we had I had my very first class at Chapman with Mike in it. And he was... That's the, a trip. We were in visual storytelling together. And he we had to make, like, over the summer before we came to school, we had to make a short, like, video or something. Oh, yeah, with, like, That's no right. sound or yeah. something? No, no dialogue. You could have sound, but, okay. like, no dialogue and no, like... I don't know. It was super restrictive. Um, and no, like, writing or no lyrics in your music or something. Um, and so that was, like, my first exposure to Mike because it was a video of his sister twerking all over their house. And I was like, this is so much fun. She was, like, doing, like, the Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I don't know. She I think like there was a bit like, of both. It was, like, a dance of the 2010s. You know, like, if she was yeah, doing some I, kind of, like, pop lock. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that was definitely intriguing because a lot of other people in that class had, like kind of weird yeah i think my friend sam just recorded his cat under a car or something there's this one person who i won't even like 
discuss the details of the video, but it you broke. faded to black. It broke every single rule of like what we were supposed to do. Like there was dialogue in it. Like there was like everything. Like, yeah, it was and, like so it was a weird. voiceover. It was all. And it was it like was a, a blurry screen, and I was like, I don't really understand this. But this is film school, I guess. That's yeah. crazy that you guys are in the same class because Mike and I were technically in the same like writing intensive class so first semester, but we weren't friends. We didn't talk. But I knew him as like part of the older kids, or I thought was older kids that like had been in the school for a while. Um, who were like the ones that were, you know, the good writers. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like kind of like intimidated by them from that, for that perspective. Yeah, we funny. definitely didn't really like talk even. Yeah. Like that first year. I, I would say, I mean, we had a lot of mutual friends and it was just funny. I remember there was this one time we went to this place, like it was called Watson's, right? Yeah, oh the ice cream. And, yeah. Like, and they have like ice cream there and stuff like that. And I remember we all went together with all our friends and stuff. And I was talking to everybody, but Carla and I did not talk. Like we like told we like, like, everyone at the else same table communicated, and we did not talk, talk to, to each other. other. But it's just funny because it there was no reason to it. It was just like, you know, like oh I know who that person is, but like we don't know each other, so we're just not talking. And it's just like it seemed like. This ra- it was like a random beef. It wasn't like a Cardi B, Nicki Minaj beef, but it was just like, it was like a beef that just developed because we just don't know each other. We're not talking to I each other. I feel like though that happens to me a lot where like I don't initially start talking to someone and then it just like ends up being way too long. And so at this point, like we've been in the same spaces and I've not spoken to you. And so now it's too late. No, it's too <laughs> yeah, late. Yeah. I feel that. And now it's uncomfortable that. for me to be like, oh, I'm Carlo. Like we've been looking at each other for like years. I, I feel yeah. that on such a deep level. And you have like, you have like very pronounced eyebrows. So it's like, why is he like mad at me? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so, real. People definitely misinterpret my facial expressions. They, like, everyone always thinks I hate them. Or yeah, like resting them. angry face. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually. I mean, I'm not even like assuming. Like this is feedback I've gotten. Like people Dang. are like, like I like. Why do you hate me so much? And I'm like, I literally like. This sounds bad, but I like haven't really like thought about you. Yeah, I don't think about <laughs> you at all. Yeah. Like that, I just don't know you. Like I don't know. Like that's it's not that I'm ignoring response. you on purpose. Like that's so real. Yeah. Uh, so did you know? Did you did did you both feel this way? Did you well, feel the there was kind of a like the, the what what leads into like the it wasn't like a much less like an apology or forgiveness, but in our fraternity we have this you know we have all these rituals rituals and shit, and some of them I'm like goddamn you know they had slaves and shit back then, but uh, <laughs> they probably were using slaves in some of these rituals. I'm just gonna say it like it is. Yeah. But anyway, I wasn't a slave at this time. I was running this motherfucker. So. Uh, <laughs> shout out progressiveness, you know, yeah. but we had this like re- this ritual where you like one person sits in the middle and then all the little people like kind of share things about them. It could be positive. It could be constructive, but it's like, you got to be real with your brother at the moment. And I remember, I think it was like his turn and he had sat in the middle and everybody else was saying all this kind of like empty shit. But then me, I was like, if, if we thought we missed that opportunity to like talk about we have never really talked or never really became friends. Why not? That's awkward. This is the perfect time to do it mm. because that's all this this circle is about. Yeah. So basically, it was just like I feel like uh, you don't like me, but like, and I think you don't like. I think that I don't like you. And from there, it kind of was like there. And what he just said, it wasn't like I never thought about it like that. It's just we just didn't click because we just never attempted to click. I think the assumption that we both made about each other was that the other like didn't like us yeah so then, so you then avoid it was just, the other yeah person. so then we just held on to that like assumption for years and, and then finally like 
And yeah, and then apparently oh, yeah. we just we realized we had so much in common, and we broke bread, had a couple drinks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we had drinks because I don't know what the timeline of that. Don't do the math. He might have been yeah, under twenty one. Right after my twenty first. Okay, okay, so good. We okay, a, yeah. We so we broke bread, drinks, 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 <laughs> drinks legal uh, libations, legal for drinks, and yeah. yeah, and from that day, it's like shit just started to like it started to go crazy. Like it started to become more and more of like we went from. Uh, no more assumptions to like now all we do is talk to each other that's cool um yeah and so that's, that's all awesome. it takes like sometimes all it takes is for you just to be like to come up to the person like hey um I, this might be a misunderstanding but i feel like you don't like me or i feel like is there an issue or a problem between us i would like to fix it yeah. like because if it's real and you genuinely mean that it's going to fix itself this is a thing that we learned about in social psychology class i took at our school um, that's like sometimes the way that, that you interpret someone else's behavior will affect how they, they interpret yours. So for example, if you walk by someone and let you know, and you've talked to before and then neither of you talk to each other, that person, then you might think, oh, that's weird. They didn't talk to me. The other person thinks, oh, that's weird. He didn't talk to me. So now it's create, it creates that kind of like that, that, that dislike or that disassociation with each other. Yes. Which is, I don't know. I mean, this as a, has a, I've noticed that a lot in my life. And I think one frustrating aspect of that to me is that I feel like I've often had to be the person who makes the move. Mm. This example wasn't actually, Mike was the one who made the first move. But in most of the situations, it's like, if I don't say something, are we just going to go our whole lives thinking that we hate each other? Like, yeah, that's real. <laughs> like, are you not going to ever say anything? Like, it has to be me. Or for me, my <laughs> self-confidence is so low that I just always think the other person doesn't think I'm cool enough. They think I'm not cool enough to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely felt that. And then yeah. I, I will about say. About myself. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That would be great. Uh, I will say that it wasn't, it wasn't just that, like, ritual moment that from there it just clicked. From there it opened the door. And then a bunch of other things like we we realized we had more and more in common. Like when we started doing, you know, like live performances and our taste in music. Oh yeah, and I've seen some of those. Like how we respond to people at parties or you know, stuff like that. That's the nicest way of saying even like <laughs> how we shade. how we like because we were also both on the exec board in our fraternity and we had oh, the cool. same position but different years. And yes. so um also the way that we like lead and also like manage people was yeah. very similar which was yeah. also like even like in a professional context which is ultimately why we did like end up working together because, depending yeah, on how you look sense. at it it could be like it was like the relationship between obi-wan and anakin or palpatine and anakin you can <laughs> <laughs> depending on where you stand it was like you know some people might say that we were like jedi and other people might say we were sith like if they ever did like a you know uh hbo documentary on you guys like there'll be some people commenting like oh it was the beginning of a beautiful like working relationship other people will be like it was the beginning of an yeah. evil time it was like, like evil dynasty <laughs> yeah, there you go. but yeah, I think it's just, it's so important to have those conversations. I mean, like, even even you and I, Grant yeah. and I, like, we've had, it, it It became, like, let's talk about our writing, let's talk about who we are to each other, and, like, become friends, move past the, we're just classmates, and I, like, see him over here on the side of the room, and I see him over here. You gotta, like, yeah. you have to break that ice. Totally. So, yeah, that that is... That's something that's cool for the friendships I have now, but I don't want people to get, don't get it twisted that if you are a person that is negative or harmful to others, or you're spewing out hate or you support hate, i.e. maybe a Trump supporter that's 69 million that made a dumbass decision, then 
don't expect me to just talk to you in a little round table circle and be like, oh my God, like, I felt like you hated me and like, uh, I think we should be friends. It's not going to work out that way because you are doing active things that I am seeing. You're making active choices that I know that you possibly don't care about me. It's not all assumption. Well, so, didn't something like this happen on your Facebook recently? Like, yes, that's yeah. I, um, so that's, I mean, I was the, one of the catalysts, like I said earlier, of this whole thing. I don't want, I'm not going to call her out by name, but uh, a particular female that I went to high school with, um, we hung out, you know, several times. I've known her probably since I was like eight years old, eight or nine, like little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, in response to one of the episodes, that I posted on my Facebook, she had the audacity, and I'm gonna call, I'm gonna say the audacity because it was silliness. It was tomfoolery, but she posts and just says, "I don't remember you being so angry." That's it. That's just it. One no sentence. context. Yeah. No. And I'm, you know me, I'm like, I see that, sh- I see some shit like that, and I go red, and like, I'm ready to pop off. And you like haven't spoken since high school. Mm. This is just like out of nowhere. We we hung out a couple times after high school, like in those three or four years after you graduated. But other than that, I haven't seen her since we since yeah. I went to Chapman. Well, no. Mm. Um, and I was what we just said ten years. That's been it's been a decade. So I'm 32 years old now. She's talking about when I was 16. Like, come on now. Uh, <laughs> and my, my balls isn't even like fully ready for the world yet. Uh, <laughs> all kinds of shit has happened since then. But uh, I like how I said I was gonna be like PG when I started this, and then I went here. Um, but anyway, really back in. Yeah, really back in. But. When she said that, I was ready to pop off, and I was going to think, well, no, Mike, maybe you're, like, taking it out of context. Maybe she truly does. Maybe she's, like, making a concerned statement. But then another friend of mine who I, I've i known since I was six years old, like, we've known each other for, that's 20-something years, 26 yeah. years, something like that. I've known her forever. And we haven't, we don't always talk, but we keep in touch with social media and stuff like that. Mm. She fires off. And she says, like, she just basically comes at her, like, the audacity. Why would you come over here and say some crazy stuff like that? Yeah. What are you implying? All that. And by her saying that, that was that was a good moment of allyship because she validated my concern of that, that initial statement while also not allowing me to be the one to, to blow off and blow up and go and go ape shit. She kind of said, hold on, I'm going to come in real quick and try to check this because it's white woman to white woman. And that and and what happened is, of course, this other girl, she doubles down on it. And she's like, I wasn't implying anything negative and all stuff. I just feel like he seems angry and stuff like that and different than he used to be. And then the other, you know, the 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 good one, <laughs> she she replies that, like, the world I lived in in Bakersfield, California, was very it was it, it was racist. And mm-hmm. it was it was fucked up. It's just that when you're a six year old kid, ten year old kid, and stuff like that, they're not. Ain't nobody gonna outright say some bad shit to me. But I've had moments where I was at a friend's house and people would drive by and say "fuck these niggers" or something like that. They Damn. just really say that, and everybody knows that. Don't bullshit me. Like I, I remember, I remember these things vividly. I remember getting in fights with multiple kids because they would use the hard R to try to piss me off on the football field, and then they subsequently got their ass beat. Now, I don't condone violence, but I did it. <laughs> it is what it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Statue of limitations. That was 20-something years ago. But anyway, <laughs> uh, those things did occur. So she was she had to be aware of some of that. Even if she's not aware of that, this this girl who tried to call me out and say, you, you're different now. You didn't seem as angry. She's a devout Trump supporter who openly talks about Trump and her Republican, you know, 
fanaticism. So it's like, I know where you're coming from with this comment. Yeah. And then to make it even worse, you know, she's like, I didn't even read your podcast. I didn't even listen to your podcast. I don't even know your podcast. I'm so, just... Which, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, which like, is crazy. So what, what? why did she feel the need to comment on it if she didn't even, like, listen to it? But then How does she I'm, know? My, like, further question is, like, what prompted her to even say that if she didn't listen to let you? Me, let or me... The bigger thing is, like, she what know is that your, you're angrier than you used to be? What <laughs> is your goal? When you make a comment like that and you just make that, that, that like, statement, like, I remember you less angry. That's something you think in your head and just be like, huh, Mike said, I remembered him less angry. And then yeah. you move on with your day. Or, like, tell right? a friend. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the fact that she <laughs> commented that, what is she trying to achieve? I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. It, no, that, you guys are making valid points. And, and someone could say, like, why am I bringing this still up? But it's like, bitch, I got a fucking podcast, and I'm talking about things that happened to me that involve race in my life. So... Be careful when you come at me with some bullshit, because yeah. your ass gonna become a fucking topic. Yeah, um, true. So I actually saved like a, a piece of what she said just to give you a, a, a insight to the delusion. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to say these things about you, young woman that that responded to me, but you can't. You, you got to be careful. You know, you see me, I'm calling out my own damn daddy. What you think I'm gonna do to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> come on now. But anyway, she says, Mike, I'm reaching out to you. A person who obviously feels like they've had wrong done to them. This is what she said to me. That That's called human kindness. Because I care about you as a person. My concern about your hurt doesn't have anything to do with Trump. I never said it had something to do with Trump. I don't think I did. Uh, your podcast that you're so proud of. And in parenthetical, she says, honestly, haven't listened to it. Don't really care about the podcast. But you as a person. I'm not prideful enough to think you need my help, in quotes, in particular, but with someone who's felt like they've been uh, done wrong to, it often helps to talk about it. I'm just saying I'm here, friend. I understand hurt people hurt people, so I'm not really frazzled by your name calling or accusations. I'm here if you need me and always and will always be. XO. Okay. What a roller coaster. Like, <laughs> Carlo and I were looking at each other making faces, like, the whole time, like, what the Am fuck? I crazy? Okay. Am I crazy? No. Does num- that not sound It just pocket? seems, to me, it seems a little bit confused. Like, I'm not yeah. really sure, like, what her point is, because she, like, both says things like, oh, like, I care about you, but also I don't care about the podcast that you're so proud of. Yeah. And so it's like, are you attacking me, or are you here for me? Like, it doesn't, like... Her thesis isn't clear. It's so convoluted and weird. And also, I like how she's like, you know, it helps to talk about these things. Just not not in a podcast. Like, what? What do you want me to do here on this podcast? Yeah. So basically, (laughs) because what ignited all this was my, I think my initial first response to her was an eye roll uh, gif. And I do that, I do that all the time. If you know you talk to me on Instagram, Facebook, any of that, I'm gonna use GIFs or whatever to to respond yeah, to you. Yeah, you I will GIF at me if I ask you, hey, do you want lunch like tonight? Yes. Because just lunch funny. tonight? Do you want lunch that's, dinner tonight? That's letting you know, like, haha, I'm still tongue in cheek right now. If you have bad intentions, this is your moment to step away. I'm giving you I'm giving you one. This is a this is a this is a joke. Mm-hmm. But if you wanna continue. We can continue. We can yeah. we can do this. I'm letting you know. I'm just gonna set the gloves on the table. But if you want to fucking fight, I'm gonna put them on. Uh, so, so because I post that, that gift to her, her response is that that's a trauma response. That's a, that's a response of someone who's hurting. Are you so, a psychologist? Like, are you my no, psychologist? She's not a psychologist Am I, not at all. I don't even need to talk about her jobs or whatever they might may or may not be. But she's not a psychologist. But also, 
what do you mean? What is hurting me or supposedly hurt? I don't think I've been like, I don't think I've been secretive about it at all. When you're, when you comment on the 21st podcast of someone that literally the title of it is black man in a racist election. I don't think I'm being very vague about what I'm pissed off about. Yeah. She's like, I need, I think you need to talk about it. Like, who do you think I'm talking to? Right. I'm, if I'm she talking- actually like took an hour to listen to an episode of the podcast, she would actually know that you're talking about it very freely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you're very much very, expressing yourself. I don't yourself. actually care about your podcast. I, I just can't I, believe she said like, that. Like, she just, she popped in and she made herself a part of this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll even say right now, like, if she wants to come on to this podcast and then, and we, like, figure out and, and settle this and, you know, come to, and she wants to be a guest, by all means, I'm open to that. But you're not going to, I'm not going to DM you in private so you can use microaggressions toward me and gaslight me in private so no one else can see it. Yeah. Hell fucking no. You got something that's that profound and nice to say about me because I'm so hurt and in pain and I'm not and I haven't realized it yet. To say it right there in front of everybody, my mom and my daddy, everybody, your mom and your daddy say it in front. But to me, what I saw was she was really trying to come for me because her feelings are probably hurt because Trump lost. Mm-hmm. And let me repeat that again because Trump lost. Yeah. He lost. He didn't lose by a little bit. He lost. And in case you're listening and you didn't know this, Trump has openly admitted in public that he, or in private that he lost. He's just not going to do it in public yes. because he's yes. sour grapes. Exactly. So Just one fact. <laughs> take note of that. Look it up. Um, so basically, I, what I saw was she was trying to come for me and talk shit, but also she's being very, she's tiptoeing around it because you know everybody gets, they lose their job. People will call her a racist. People will call her names. So that's why she has to finish it off each one, each time. Like, but I really care about you. I'm trying to be a friend for you. So everyone mm. knows, like, oh, this girl is a friend of his. But she has quote unquote good intentions. She's not really a friend anymore. I unfollowed her a long time ago because I don't do, I don't do the negativity. Like, it, it's the, this is what's been happening lately is a lot of these Trump supporter people, they're quickly forgetting all the shit they were talking for the last four years. You were cussing out everybody. You was making fun of people. You call them snowflakes, libtards, sensitive. Uh, we making fun of them for wearing the hats that had the cat ears on it. You're making fun of them for marching. You're making fun of Black Lives Matter. You're making fun of black unarmed black people getting killed by cops. Literally You're- making prank videos of someone with a knee on someone else's yes. neck. So guess what? Yes, I am hurt. I'm hurt because y'all was talking that mad shit and making fun of us and, and, and making light of a very serious situation. But the problem is, is I'm not a person who's going to sit here and not say shit. I'm going to cuss your ass out. So therefore, you're going to get a couple podcast episodes that talk about movies and television and fun stuff. But you're also going to get me saying some very critical things that might hurt some racist or some bigots feelings. So, yeah, yeah pretty much it's... uh. I, I'm in the place where I want to forgive people like her for for the mistakes they made. But if you double down like she's doing, I don't know if I can get there. I'm like, it's I can probably forgive you, but I can't forget the transgressions that you that you have caused by by your decision. So pretty yeah. much her saying that and sending that to me is what ignited this whole thing. I was like, damn, how do we get to a place where we can break bread and be cool? With all these people, these 69 million people plus or whatever, and some of the ones that probably voted for Joe Biden that were just full of shit still. Yeah. How do we how do we make peace with everyone and move forward um, and become there's, friends? There's a lot of people who act like that's never going to happen. Like, there's a lot of people, like, whether you're on the right or on the left, who act like there's no way to ever be cool with each other again. In which case, I ask the question, 
So what do we? So what does the future look like? Does well, I that... think what's challenging is that like I like I don't I feel like all over social media there's like these like memes or whatever about people saying like we can disagree on like toppings of a pizza but like not about like racism and sexism and like yeah. homophobia and like all of that and so like I think that's like the crux of the issue where it's like this is like very different than like me not necessarily voting for like George Bush because he's a Republican like yeah. that's a like whatever like he's just another politician that's a different party like Trump was just like a very specifically like hurtful situation for a lot of people and it just highlighted how much racism there is everywhere in this country. And yeah. then, so then how do we, how can I say like, okay, it's fine if you like hate people of a certain race, but yeah. we can just agree to disagree. Like that doesn't like it, that's just not how I operate. Like I don't operate from like a place where like, I'm like discriminating at face value. I'm going to let yeah. you prove to me that you're a terrible person. For me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. And they will. Yeah. Like, it's like, you, some people don't like, no one asked for this. Like you are doing so much. Like the, 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 the rallies and the marching and stuff like that. And I've seen the videos and seeing people physically, you know, using uh, racial slurs and saying all kinds of crazy things about people, Jewish people, black people, women, everything like that at Trump rallies and associating uh, their support for Trump with white supremacy and other negative things. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to see the, like, the good in that. I can't get past that. I can't do it. Yeah. Like I have enough things to work on with myself. I'm by I'm far away from being a perfect person. And there's probably times I might talk some shit or call people out their name or stuff like that. But I if you tell me and you call me out, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I fucked up. And I will try to fix that. Well, what do you think about um the what Joe Biden said in his like acceptance speech where he was basically talking about how he's gonna be a president that's gonna heal the nation? Mm-hmm. Because what I heard when you I heard calm heal- down, this ain't this ain't green book. Yeah, well, okay, but what I heard was I heard, you know, heal the nation. How are we supposed to heal right now when half of the country is not admitting that they did anything wrong? Actually, even putting aside the admitting that they did something wrong is more that, like, he like his intentions can be beautiful. Like, he can really want to be a president for everyone and, like, not have any division. But there's, like, these, like, larger forces at play that are, like, pushing all of this disinformation and, like, all of this, like contradicting information onto the population that's and so true it, like turns us all against each other and like joe biden has like no control over that like he, he really has no doesn't. control over what like fox news and breitbart are saying to their listeners or whatever because there's like, a profit incentive to increase hate and violence right and so like if that keeps happening then like this might be dark but like what chance do we have <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's true it is like it's like i kind of just even hear you saying it's like damn well there, there's like no hope but i think there is <laughs> sorry I, I don't want that to be my contribution give up because <laughs> at some point like people we learned that like if you walk out into like the middle of the street and you're flinging shit everywhere like, we know that person is not right, and we know that that's not what you need to be doing. Like, so at some point, we have to, everyone has to be reminded that people who have these certain ideologies that are like Breitbart and like white supremacy and all that are people flinging shit, shit in the street. They exist, and they're in our society, but we're going to be like, maybe we need to call someone to come get them, or we're not going to, you know, we're not looking at them as like a political leader. We're not trying to take advice from them. They just need help. 
Well, like, one of the crazy things, remember you watched that episode of Bill Maher, uh, the guy from the social what the social dilemma. Mm-hmm. He was oh, on the yeah. show and he was being interviewed and he was talking about how the he internet. He really thought he figured something out though. I was like, I know. He, so the obvious. whole thing about the social dilemma is like everyone knows this. It's not groundbreaking, but they right? put it together in a way that makes it <laughs> seem like cool. But what he said was he said that the the way that the internet works, it basically prioritizes and and promotes the most extreme views possible based on the algorithms that are written right now in order to increase engagement all this stuff so that's why it seems like everyone's getting so much more extreme is because the extreme stuff is getting promoted right i mean if there was no social media like no one would really have like access to a lot of this like fake information yeah see all you would have is you'd have what happened like word of mouth like you could like talk about a conspiracy theory but like yeah. You can write a letter about it. <laughs> there wouldn't be, like, Hollywood-level produced conspiracy yeah, theory like, documentaries. Like, all over YouTube. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, that's an entirely different topic altogether, right? I mean, what we're talking about is we're talking about forgiveness. And it's like, there is an issue where we have two people living in two... two or two sets of people living in two different realities. Is there a way to forgive someone when they do want to come over towards the side that, you know, I'm biased? I, I, think, I think it's the so creation true. of a whole new mentality. It's it's not it's not pull everyone over to the far left. It's not pull everyone over to the far right. We need to realize at some point we need to blend this motherfucker up. And what we what we call moderate now and what we call centrist, that shit needs to be deleted. It's it needs to be turned into something new. What what is the baseline is not good anymore. Yeah. That what the baseline has led to to race riots, to Donald Trump, to division, to uh taking 46 presidents before a woman finally becomes a vice president it that that's what that baseline led to so now we need to be like it's time to move the bar so the and and that that happens by bringing those people from the far left and the far right and having them come to the middle and and they need to we need to reshape it into something new which i feel like our generations are starting to do to younger generations but it's it's i think that's the problem is that is that what is considered uh moderate is problematic well because people don't want to change right but not changing promotes the status quo and keeps it the same the status quo hate to break it to everyone is racist the status quo is sexist the status quo is all of these things that are problematic so we do have to change from the status quo it's just are we making it worse or are we making it better i guess and it's also like who apologizes about <laughs> like that, I feel like that's the the big thing. It's like maybe I don't know. You need you tell me this, resident white man. Yeah. Uh, like, do you think <laughs> that like all of you guys have to each individually like go out and apologize to every person of color and like woman or something? Are you, are you guys think that's what that's what we're asking for? No, because I don't think you would accept it. I don't think that I don't I think that, that would be genuine. It, but uh... <laughs> I don't think it'd be genuine. I think everyone needs to apologize to everyone that they have hurt in their life. I also think it's, like, less about an apology and more about, like, action. Like, if, like, a white person is, like, going out and, like, actively fighting racism, they might not even need to really apologize. Like, they're, like, like they're fighting their fight. And that's, like, the action speaks louder than words. Like, you can say, like, oh, I'm sorry that I used to have, like, a racist lens and, like, whatever. And, like, okay, great. You're, like, it's good that you understand that you have that, but, like that's really where this stops but like if you're going out and you like so like you understand that like you have privilege or like you like can make a difference and then you go actually do that i think that that's like like no x like no one needs to accept your apology because it's not an apology you're just changing your mindset and changing your lifestyle and how you interact with the world 
Yeah, it's like it's like make the next right decision. Make the next best decision you can make. Yeah, I and I do think what what you're saying it, it makes so much sense because if you do like apologize like I'm so sorry for like the things that I might have said to you that have been racist and all that all that is doing is making it better for you. You just yeah. that's that's the, that's for yourself. You all you are doing is taking a burden off yourself. The other person it already was said to them, things have already occurred, and some of the stuff you said might be true, but might not have needed to be delivered to them in that way. So it's, the pain has already been caused. So when you when you're apologizing like that, I, I remember when uh, the George Floyd uh, protests and all that stuff started popping off. I was getting all these messages back to back to back to back from people like, "Oh my God, Mike, I was so sorry when I like, you know, crowded you in line in second grade. Oh, I was racist," and I was like. This shit is crazy. Like, all y'all are doing is trying to absolve yourself of guilt. Cool. Do that on your own time. I'll, I'll even give you a little emoji or a thumbs up or something to make you feel better. But guess what? All the shit that's going to happen to me or it has happened to me still occurred or will occur. So, like, you did nothing but just make it make yourself feel better for a moment. And, so, like, bring it back up for you. <laughs> right? Like you were like up. you probably oh. weren't even really thinking about something yeah. that happened. Thank, like Thank you for writing this down yeah. so I can bring this up in court later. <laughs> <laughs> like tell me, I don't remember you being so angry. I'm like, thank you for reminding me that I was fearing for my life because I was literally living next door to the KKK. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I think everything that you were just talking about transitions nicely into a conversation that the author, uh, essayist, and poet Sonia Renee Taylor said on yes. Amanda Seals' episode of Small Doses with her on it, um, where they were talking about apologizing and forgiveness. Um, and yeah, and, I, and if, I listen to Amanda Seals' podcast a lot. Yeah, you showed um, this to me. Yeah, and then Sonia Renee Taylor, like we, we've listened to a lot of stuff she talks about on social media and stuff, but yeah. it was so good because I know, like, like Amanda Seals, I can be very passionate about how I feel about certain topics and situations and pop up at the mouth. So mm. it's very important to kind of figure out, like, where do I stand in this world of, of forgiveness and how does that translate into my life? Because, like, I might need people to forgive me just as much as I want forgiveness for, uh, from other people. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and there is a difference between, like, the intentionality of this, right? So one yeah. of the things that she talks about is she says there's a distinction between an apology and atonement and even absolution. Um, you know, absolution is a religious term, or at least that's how I've come in contact with it. And it is the ability for God to remove you of your sins and claim to be cleansed of your sins. And, and so when someone wants absolution, what they want is for you, for the person who was harmed to make them okay again. So this is all what Sonia Renee Taylor says, like, I feel bad. I feel bad. Maybe not even that I harmed you. I just feel bad and I don't want to feel bad anymore. And if you tell me it's okay, what you did is okay, I forgive you, you're a good person, then I can go back to feeling good about myself. So it's not actually all about the person who was harmed, uh, it's about you and what you want from them as opposed to an apology, which is about the person that was harmed. It is recognizing that I did something to you that created pain, sadness, violence, whatever it created in your life that was not good, and I legitimately feel sorry for having done that, and I would like to extend my apology as an effort to make amends. If someone decides to offer you something back, it's beautiful, but that's just a bonus. So that, that made me kind of think of what you were just saying when people were messaging you at the start of, you know, everything that happened with uh, in June with George Floyd. What they kind of wanted was maybe an absolution. They thought maybe what they were giving you was an apology, but maybe the intention was more like absolution from you, which is not something you can technically give them. 
I feel like ideally yeah. they wanted like Mike to respond and be like, oh my God, no, like, don't worry. Like you've been the best ally. Like, You're one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely what they were looking that. for. Yeah. But that's like not that even a reality. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like even me, like I'm not, I'm not perfect at all. And Mike has to call you me out on shit all the time. We, if all the time, every if day. we recorded all of the times that I'm just sitting here like popping off <laughs> about like an old episode or something we just talked about. We, it would be hours and hours and hours. Sonia Renee Taylor talks about that on the episode with Amanda Seals. She says, you know, I want to talk about what I think that distinction is, particularly in the context of whiteness and white supremacist delusion. I often see white people's guilt. White guilt is actually vying for absolution rather than an authentic apology. Particularly as it relates to whiteness is that white people want to be absolved of the guilt of hundreds of years of violence, that they have, you know, the right over black folks' lives, and they want black people to make them feel better about all the shit that they fear. And the truth of the matter is that I can't do that for you. I can't, even if I told you I forgive you, the spiritual debt you owe is between you and your God. I can't absolve you of that. That's a spiritual journey between you and your ancestors, your creator, whatever it is you believe in. I can't give that to you. Black people can not only uh, can't give it to you, but they don't owe it to you. They owe nothing to you. And uh, yeah, just point blank, owe you nothing. Yeah. Which I think is really good to point out. Which, like, that that just hits me so hard with the, what I was talking about with this old classmate that came onto my page. She came into my space literally my space like my 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 facebook page on on something on a podcast that i share you know open a lot of stuff by myself and had the audacity to say i, I never remember you being this angry trying and then just trying to say like i feel like she's like i'm coming off like i'm hurt i'm in pain she needs to talk to me so she's basically saying i'm not right and i'm not well yeah. And but I don't know if she wants and then she's saying she just cares about me. So it's like, what did you want my response to be like, oh no, yeah, I am in pain. I am hurt. I did change a lot, but when I was around you, I was a better person. So please help me because you're one of the good ones. Did you think that I was going like one, I would never fucking say that. So but then on top of that, it's like the audacity that whatever she felt like and whatever pain she was going through or whatever guilt she was going through, she, she had to come to me and be like, Oh, maybe he can be the one that make me feel better about all the things that I might have done, you know, with voting for Trump or, or, you know, taking a blind eye to, you know, black lives and stuff like that. And I was like, baby, you're not going to get it from me. Cause that's also like a weird way to go about that if that is her actual intention for her to say you're a lot angrier than you used to be is not really like the path to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that not, how is that not going to make you more defensive and more right. like, like if she actually wanted off. that, she could like reach out and be like, I feel bad or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it was but probably, instead she like had a, like an uninvited comment, which is nuts to me. And people think they have the, the like, I don't, I don't know how much courage you thought you got from Donald Trump, but I'm going to tell you right now, you didn't get that much. Because yeah. you, <laughs> you better slow your damn roll. Don't come on my page no more saying no stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Sonia Renee Taylor and Amanda Seals also talk about atonement. Because I, I believe one of them says atonement is like an apology squared. Okay, um, yeah, we need to... I, let's hit on that because... You know, I be hot and I'm heated now. So like, I need to find, I need, I need atonement so I can like, chill. I remember the fuck out. you less angrier than when we started I, this I podcast. Know. Oh, I'm going through something. I'm hurt. Yeah. I mean, I think that atonement thing just kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like 
an apology versus like actually taking action yeah and like changing your own perspective and like learning and like than just living your own life now that you've enriched yourself. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And this is, so this is kind of them talking about it, and then we'll get back to that. Um, so the key piece is that when you are actually able to see your side of the street, when you're able to be on, this is what belongs to me, and that is mine to tend to, and you have to, uh, you have to practice intending to your own side of the street, and then you actually have to be tended to, yes. It is more than just, I see it all as mine. It's like, all right, how do I deal with what's mine? When you are practiced dealing with what's yours, when other people's stuff comes onto this, your side of the street, you recognize it is not yours and you're able to be like, oh no, we can't actually intermingle streets because I'm over here uh, with the practice of keeping my side together and I see your stuff spilling over here and I can't manage yours and mine, so I'm going to have to go over here and that comes with knowing and doing the work of being able to own your own stuff. And that's, what, that's really what I understand atonement is. I am able to see where my fault is, regardless of how much other folks might be in the mess. I am able to see where my fault is and take 100% responsibility for my fault. And to atone is also not about wanting or waiting for the other person to do the same. It's completely yours. That's when you know it's right and you feel right in it because no matter what happens, you're not doing it with an expectation. Like to me, atonement is done with only one intention and it's to clean up your side of the street. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that hits it on the head. Like it's, it even going back to clearly where we started, uh, Carl and I, like it wasn't, it wasn't like that extreme like negativity or anything like that. But by having that, that group, uh, ritual or whatever that, the, you know, meeting and him having to sit there already was him saying, I'm, I'm sitting in this middle cause I'm, I'm ready to clean up the shit on my side of the street. And then me saying, uh, coming up with my question and being like, I feel like you might think I don't like you, but I feel like you don't think you like me. That's like me acknowledging like I have some shit on my side of the street I need to clean up and I'm recognizing that yours. So can we can we clean up ours together at the same time? So it's like I'm not not asking him to make everything better for me, but I'm just saying like if I did something, if I put some of my shit on on your side of the street, I'm sorry and I want to take that back. So it's like it's like the it's it's assumptions. So like you want to put if you put assumptions on someone else, you need to be uh, a bigger person enough to be like, I'm sorry, I put A, B, and C assumptions on you. Can I have those back because that was a burden on you, and I apologize for that. Now let's move forward. Versus being like, I did nothing wrong. You need to get over this. You are, you know, you seem like you're hurt. You seem like, it's like, you just came in here just to come and attack me? Like, why'd you come all up in here acting a crazy fool? If I am hurt and I'm in pain, do you think some random white woman who is one of the 69 million people who voted for white supremacists is going to heal me? Do yeah, you think that if, if, she, if, she, if you truly cared about me, in that regard, you knew racism was a big issue for me. You would have think she would have, she would have found somebody else to come talk to me, because that seemed crazy to me. So it's like it's just yeah. I mean, I'm glad Sonya Renee Taylor and, and Amanda Stills had this conversation to kind of like bring things to bring a, a more sound perspective to it, because like I just it's gonna be hard for me to to come back after these these last four years of this this presidency. Yeah, they they talk about um, what an apology is not. Uh, let's talk. Good. Let's find out what it's not. Yeah. That it's, might be confusing to people. So something to remember is if the apology is the first step. Hey, I'm sorry I did a thing. Okay. The human instinct is to get defensive and want to self-protect. But a practice Sonia tries to practice daily is if someone tells me I hurt them, 
I believe them, okay? So a sincere apology acknowledges my behavior and its impact on another person. An apology is not, I am sorry that you felt that way, because inside of that statement, there is no me. There's no nothing I did. I'm not showing up to take responsibility for anything. <laughs> that is a qualifier that, den- that, that denies, okay? It I is an opportunity. say that when I'm trying not to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry you felt that yeah, way. I'm sorry yeah. you feel that way. Yeah, it's an <laughs> opportunity just to put a cushion between you and full responsibility. And a sincere apology is willing to take 100% responsibility for the behaviors that I engaged in and that created or that had an impact on the outcome. Because again, right, we're in a whole kaleidoscope of intersecting behavior. Everybody's bringing their own stuff just to the table. Um, a sincere apology isn't concerned with what you brought to the table because it is only about 100% responsibility for what I brought to the table. And there's no qualifier in that. So. Yeah. That, see, I feel like that's just so important. It's like it. I don't know. I don't understand why it's so hard for people to admit that they're wrong. Like I, I feel like I have sometimes that issue. Like I get, I get paranoid and think that like, oh man, I'm. I feel like a person that cannot apologize or admit that I'm wrong. But that's that comes from me being in a place where I like say like, oh, I have a lot of white friends, but I still am acknowledging racism. I I start to feel like a bad person because I'm like. If I continue to acknowledge racism and the bigotry that is in our world, then have I fully, uh, am I being completely honest with my white friends? Am I being completely apologetic? Because not really, because I still don't completely trust them because I'm I'm still being cognizant of these other other worldly issues. So like, yeah. which is not it's not fair for me, but I mean that's it is what it is. I, I could I could probably say I don't know. If, no, for certain, because I don't have these experiences, but I could say the same if a, like, there's a woman and she works at a job with a lot of men that she has to work with them and break bread and smile and all that, knowing that there are men in that room who might uh, who might have been very forward with some of their language, who might have condoned sexual assault, who might be very misogynistic. She has to like be like, no, I have to move forward. It's all on me to be the bigger person and move forward because if I continually just think about how much they're misogynists and assholes, I'm going to only create a more negative environment. But see, this is what, this is something that's now the conversation. At least like I was watching cable news all weekend as at my parents' house. I don't watch cable news, but they had it on all the time. And it was talking about how every commentator seemed to be like, now it's time to heal. We mentioned that earlier, but it seems like the onus of forgiveness is now on the left to forgive all of these Trump supporters. But again, empathy is not a one-way street. Like, I don't understand how how are we supposed to forgive them when, like, like just because, like, they're, like, they're going through something right now? Like, Who's going he's through lost? something? Apparently Republicans are going through something because their I guy mean, like, lost. Ultimately, like, there is, a, there is, like, a reason for everything. Like, there's even, there is a reason why Trump even, like, rose to power. Like, there's, I feel like at this point in the world, like, everyone has a grievance. Yeah. And, like, I think the crux of the issue, though, is that, like, everyone is, like, hyper-focused on, like, their grievance. And that includes everyone. And so, like, we're not really, like, thinking about, like, what other people are going through. I feel like our society doesn't really have a lot of empathy. And That's true. We're, and it, we don't, like, it's not, like, really a fault on us that we don't have it. It's just how we were, like, condition- conditioned. Like, there was something I saw where it's like, if we just told Americans that, like, masks protect you and not others, like, everyone would wear one. 
And like Fuck, it was like it so was like it was, that was the mistake was telling people it protects others. Yeah. Like because everyone is really just focused on their own experience. That that's so real. So I think we all need to like try and see people other people's experience, I guess. I don't know. I'm like preaching. I'm not one who does this. <laughs> well, it's weird it's weird how when you talk about these things, you kind of feel like you like and you're talking assuming that other people are listening, you feel like you kinda of have to talk to the, like your better your better angels right you use that term better angels better demons whatever. i mean that is something i'm like aspiring to it's like i don't want to just like judge people when i first see them but like i don't yeah. know there's like a lot of media and influence that like creates a environment where it's easy to judge each other like yeah. where it's easy to label each other and like assume things about each other when it might not be the case that's so it's so true and i i think it's important, like, I think acknowledging that and being aware of it is already a step in the right direction. Like, yes, we're not, I'm not some perfect person who thinks about every single person every single day. That's, no one does that. But I, I'm open to it. And when it's brought to my attention, I'm not going to resist it. Like, yeah. there, that is, that's the issue for me. Is that people literally come up to you and say, all right, here's A, B, C, and D. Here is a march. Here are some individuals who can give you some, some scientific information. Here are some individuals who can give you some personal information. Here's even some political leaders who align with this. And this, and this is the cause. And then you still go, nope, don't believe it. It's fake. I'm over it. I don't want it. It's a pandemic. It's like, what? They even gave you everything from every angle for you to be able to relate to this. Whether it's losing family members, whether it's the other past diseases whether it's from the Republicans or from the Democrats or from kids and adults and your mayor, like, and then people still are like, all they can think about is just themselves. So it's like that, that's an issue. Like it's not, it's not about being perfect. It's like, if you completely resist the change or you completely resist the, the ability to be apologetic or completely resist the ability to, to move toward atonement, then I'm like, then you're an issue. And that's honestly, hopefully it changes, but for me, a lot of people that I see that are on the right or Republicans, whether it's what, what they did in the past four years or not, or what they're doing currently, I don't see them uh, being open to, to the change. I still see them being very resistant to, to moving forward. Yeah, and I think it gets worse the longer that, um, you know, President Trump says, like, oh, this, this, you know, this, was, this was a stolen election and, you know, he just keeps rebelling against it. Even when he knows better, again, he admits it in private. But he's not saying it publicly, and he's fooling all these people. But it's not just like what you pointed out. It's a uniquely American issue, right? The self, the selfishness. It might be a world issue, but it's a definite American. It's, it's issue. a world issue because I, I think mean, America America's descendants. It. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it started here. Yeah, I think so too. Like, there's the term "American idiot." You know what "idiot" actually means? "Idiot" mm-hmm. means someone who doesn't care about other people. Oh. Like it, like that's the root of it. The root is like that an idiot is someone who doesn't care about the common good, and and that is essentially what we are. We're a nation of American idiots, even on the left. You know, like the we were accused of on the left of being performative social justice warriors that were just doing it for clout. Probably a lot of people were. Yeah. You know, so it, it and that's a selfish that's a selfish thing. Even you know whenever you make anything or you make any statement, you're thinking of yourself and how you look coming out of it. Even right now, you know. Yeah. And so, like, for me right now. So it's one of those things where it's like, this is something that we, we this, is, this is our country's number one issue. That's why, of course, our president is the most selfish person on earth, because it's like, he's the most American person on earth. We said it before on this show, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I, 
I just I have disappointment that when it comes to forgiveness, that the the Christians on the right are not realizing this. I actually did want to bring that up also, not that specifically, but just I feel like we all like both on the right and left, like everyone has their leaders and role models. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like on the left, like ours is like, I don't know, like Rihanna, like she's like super inclusive in her projects. She like includes like all different kinds of people. Like she really makes an effort to like do all of this. So like that's who I'm watching because that's who I've been watching since I was like 16. Yeah. But like, I don't know, other people like they go to their church or like they go to wherever they go and like their leaders there are preaching whatever they're preaching and like that's what they hear every week or they hear however often they go to church yeah i think their leaders are failing them yeah and like that's like ultimately i think that's unethical like the way that certain leaders guide their followers yeah (laughs) but i agree like like we had that pastor that we played at the beginning last week that one right um and everything that she was doing like praying so desperately for donald trump to stay in power why why, why, did, why does he matter to you? Why is he so necessary? Like, shouldn't you be taking that energy and calling forth the African and South American angels, like, for black people dying in the street? Or just for peace. Like, for make peace. It, make it general. You, yeah. should, you should be general. But the thing is, is there, there was this idea that, like, oh, well, he, he says that he's against abortion. He says he's, he is, maybe he held a Bible up upside Which, down way, in front of a church. the only time abortion is mentioned in the Bible is how to do it safely. Fun fact. Really? But, I mean, uh, yes. look, we um, know we know this. Uh, the, all of the bigotry is not off semantics because they did. They ain't nobody ever read nothing that deeply um, for, to be that crazy. But it's just it's so frustrating that people like Donald Trump can be given so much leeway and so much ground to make mistakes. And then you have these people still blindly follow him. But then you have like 13 year old little kids who might've smoked weed once and get shot in the face by their neighbor. And everyone's like, Oh no, he deserved to die. That's so weird to me that like that there's, why does, why does Donald Trump get so much? uh, How can, how come he gets to get away with so much? I know the answer. But but when I talk about it 21 times on the podcast, I'm just angry for no fucking reason. So I don't know. You tell me why I'm angry. That's actually the question I would like to impose to, to the white people who are so confused why, why I might pop off every now and then in between my jokes with my white friends and friends of all colors. Do you tell me why I might be angry sometimes? Because I, cause I don't know. Like man, if 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 I because I'm, I'm I keep saying it, but apparently that's not good enough. Like all this racism and all of this, all the black people dying and all the people marching, all the people over the world singing and dancing in Paris and in Europe and Australia and everything that Donald Trump lost his presidency. All these people, you they apparently we're all wrong. So you tell us why <laughs> what, what's actually going on then? Because we listen to biased media. But that's great. I don't even that's watch because liberals are control of every institution in the country. I that's don't what even they say. Listen that's to the news, though. Not the news, media. The media, media is, media is everything. What? Media is the like media? music we listen to, the like movies we watch, TV we watch, like books we we read. So like, the movies and the media that were so white that we also got mad at them, and I and I criticized every fucking movie, and I know I was never in a Disney movie, and I know I was never portrayed in a, in in TV, and I know that all the rap music makes me portrayed as a gangster and mis, mis, very misogynist to women. That media brainwashed me because I'm confused. You. I'm saying it's like it. 
like they have their media that brainwashes them. I mean, everyone's brainwashed to some extent. I guess. But I mean, the whole idea of like Trump not getting in trouble for the stuff he does and like a young black kid getting in trouble is because of the media. They like make, they they demonize black people. They make like young black kids look like adults and like, they're like they can like they can defend themselves or they like are like whatever. And then that is why everyone's like fine with it. And like Trump was on TV. He's famous. Like he's rich. He has gold, a gold apartment, like whatever. So then he like must have gotten something right that he's so rich or that like, I don't know. It's like that all, explains it's all confused. That explains the modern problem. Right. But let's talk about where media where the media was a, is a is a child of because I'm gonna tell you right now Fox News didn't exist in 1619 so <laughs> so I don't think anybody was like oh I didn't actually want a slave and put these black people on the bottom of the boat but Tucker Carlson convinced me that nigga didn't exist well at so, that time it was church yeah they were like so, God wants us to enslave these people because they're not people. That's yeah, like pretty maybe. much that was the that was like the, the crux of the argument. That was what the sure. Crusades did. Is they the Crusades were like people were confused. Wait, why? Well, how are we allowed to kill people? Like, oh, we kill God people who look differently. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. see, that can be because you know people gonna get their feelings hurt because when you start bringing up religion and stuff. But it's like you gotta be able to be c- critical. Of some of the things you follow, not everybody's good and golden and perfect. That there's a difference between, like, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. There's a difference between following your faith and 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 following the word of whatever you whoever you pray to or whatever spiritual you know path you follow. There, that's that I'm down with. But when you start assigning it to a man or a woman and they're going atahan dahan jahada and doing all that shit, yeah. and they say like they're the godsend, and I, you know, I've seen people say that Donald Trump is godsend and all that. That really bothers me because, th- no, <laughs> one, one, no, but two, it's just why you you are now you are contradicting everything you believe for the sake of one man who doesn't even know you exist. And, yeah. and and that that's just crazy to me. That is how we got to slavery. That is how we get to fifteen year old kids getting their face bashed in and thrown in rivers. A what? A couple weeks ago? And y'all want to fucking ask me why am I angry? You have the audacity. The audacity. I hope she. I hope this is the episode that she listens to. It finally because I'm gonna tell you right now. Look up. Look up this. Uh, this young man, 15 years old, that was found on the river. There's no information about it. Nobody knows. The last thing they know is he got in a car with a white woman and her and her son, and then they found his body a couple days later with his face bashed in in a river. And you want to ask me why am I angry? Why do I seem different? Why in the last four years have you changed? I didn't change at all. It's just that now y'all are putting your racism on social media. You guys are putting your racism in the White House. You're putting your racism at the, the head of the Senate. That, sh- that shit has always been there and I knew it. But now that y'all want to come out, now y'all want to open the door and be like, yeah, nigga, we racist. I'm going to come out my door and say, yeah, I'm about to fuck your ass up with, that, with my anti-racism. So that's why I might seem a little different or a little angrier because the, you, you got you to gotta fight fire with fire. Now my my fire ain't gonna burn nobody that badly because you know I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to call myself on and do stuff for the good. But 
I, that's the only way I'm gonna. I feel like I can get this done, or only way I can I can feel some absolution for myself is I have to speak up to it because I'm hurting and I'm in pain. I don't want I don't want this to happen to my kids once they finally get here if they ever get here. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't want this to happen to any other black kids. I don't want this to happen to any any more women, any more children, any people from any country. Like it's 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 nuts what we are allowing to grow and fester in our country, and and then people have the audacity to be confused why we are upset or why people are so upset yeah it's like either pleading ignorance or or pretending that you're ignorant to cover up you know what your your real motive which is to just continue things keeping things the way they are things are you, not you, good. you're either like you you either actually don't know or you have your hands up against your ears you're going la 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 I can't which like you. not knowing something like isn't wrong like it's actually like if you it's actually a lot better if you admit you don't know something <laughs> yeah but like yeah it's like it's like Sometimes it's different when it's used as a defense or when it's used as a curiosity. Like, I didn't know because, like, I don't want you to get mad at me. Like, I didn't know all this was happening. That's defensive. But then if you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I'm really interested to learn about your experience and, like, learn about, like, other races than myself or whatever. That's curiosity. And I think that there's a distinct difference there. I guess, like, what I'm I'm thinking and, and... There was something that Mike said at the beginning of this, even before we started recording, where, you know, if you're someone who's listening to this and you're and you're realizing like, you know, Oop, I fucked up, but I can't admit it because like then people will know that I'm a Trump supporter and that I, you know, supported this like racism and all this stuff. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people aren't there yet, but let's say we get to the point where people do get there. What do they do? They well, have to. I think the biggest thing that we already touched on is that we're in such an individualistic society that, like, if you realize that you've had problematic opinions or, like, perspectives in the past, most people probably aren't thinking about you. <laughs> so, like, That's so true. it's yeah. a big step for you to realize that you have this shortcoming in your perspective. Yeah. And then it's up to you to change your own life if you want to lead a different life. But, like, no one is, like, really sitting and, like, thinking about like your whole like past and being like oh my god like they're a problematic person like no one's thinking about you like, I, I wonder if alan voted for trump yeah mm-hmm. no like rare like, maybe like one in a million people are thinking about that to, like, give, <laughs> to give an extreme analogy because you know i love extreme ass analogies and speak extreme ass analogy this is gonna be perfect uh for what he is saying it's like wiping your ass like some people might use baby wipes some people might go forward to back Back to forward. Some people might not wash it, wipe it that good at all, and you got dingleberries and all Ew. kinds of shit up in there. <laughs> but guess lovely. what? I ain't going in the bathroom to double check your ass crack. I will never know <laughs> how you wipe your ass, and I don't need to know you wipe your ass. I hope you do wipe your ass, and I hope you. And if you don't know how, I hope you do the find the information to figure out how to your wipe your ass properly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because mommy and daddy ain't gonna do it for you no more once you become an adult. You gotta do it yourself. And if you yeah. don't, and you and you refuse to wipe your ass because you're just like, I don't want to do it. It's just too much work, and you never do. I promise you, you starting are going to start to smell like shit. Yeah, and I mean, everybody that, gonna notice. If we it. use that analogy, and if we move that even further, then like, don't their racist and problematic perspectives only hurt themselves? Only hurt, it's hurting you. Yeah, 
It's going to smell bad around the rest I of mean, us. I mean, it's not, like, great for everyone else, but, but like, it's, like, but it's, it's affecting you, you the most. It's, like, not but healthy. Like, it's not healthy. But it's a private experience. Yeah. And eventually when you smell bad enough, people are going to be like, I don't want to be around you. Right. I don't want to hire you for this job. Yes. I don't want to, like, like hang out with you on the right. Thanksgiving. Like nowadays anymore. what's happening is that there's, like, all of these smelly people who, like, all, like, got together. <laughs> and, they just, and, and, and to bring it back to what I said a long time, a while earlier, is they just fling, now they just flinging shit in the street. And we like, this is getting out of control. Control. Yeah. This is some stuff you're supposed to do inside your house. And if you're so worried about everybody else judging you, figure it out. You can like that's the thing that's that's so beautiful about your your white privilege, is that you could all you gotta do is take off that MAGA hat. All you gotta do is just stop saying nigger. All you gotta do is just be a little nicer, and nobody will even know that you were thinking uh, racist thoughts. No one would even know that you were a bigot or you hated the gays. What, what about what about larger issues like systemic issues that we need to change? Like like, and they don't want to be a part of that. Uh, wouldn't it? Wouldn't the argument go just stay out of the way and let the people who do want to change it and know how to change it don't, change it? I, I would. I. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but yeah, I would say I. I would say stay out of the way. Because what happens is a lot of people don't want to talk about race. A lot of people don't want to deal with racism, but yeah. they will make sure they they speak up to to denounce those people and talk shit on them or stop the movement. It's like, I thought you didn't want to be part of this. If you don't want to talk about race, you can't say all lives matter. If you don't want to talk about race, you can't do a counter-protest across the street from the Black Lives Matter protest. Because guess what, dumbass? You are race. now part of the conversation. So it's about race. What you're you are yeah, you're so here. Real. So real. <laughs> We're going all the way back to what we talked about in the beginning, like with this girl who came on my page. I don't, if she didn't want to, if she doesn't want to deal with the topics and the issues that I'm talking about and says she has no need to talk about my podcast, why the fuck did you go onto the comment of the podcast and pop off? You should just stay out it's of it. It's like what Monique said. We almost weren't going to bring this up, but it became full circle. Monique had this great comment where she, or she made a video and basically, the video was a story. Monique the Comedian. The Monique the Comedian, of course. Yeah, um, an actress. Um, and uh, she had this story about Miss Janie and Miss Claudette. Oh, yes. And Miss Miss Janie was like a person who was like, she's very vulgar. She cursed and all that, but she was very sweet. She'd curse you out. She'd be very critical of you, but she'd bring you into her home into her home and bake you a piece of cake or whatever and be very sweet to you as, as well. So she was just, she was a tough lover. But then uh, Miss Claudette, was a person that was like devout, you know, uh, holier than thou, and didn't like Miss uh, Miss Janie because Miss Janie was so vulgar and stuff like that. So I guess the story goes that one day she went over to Miss Janie's house, uninvited and unannounced. And then when she went over to Miss Janie's house, she came up in there and then she was talking about what she didn't like about her, how she act, how her house look, and all this stuff. And so, and Miss Janie's response is, this woman who we just, who I just said, tells it like it is, was like, hold on, slow your roll, why would you come into my space unannounced and uninvited and talk about how you don't like me, like, I need to check you for a minute, because I think you, I think you want to be here because you just want a piece of this cake. And mm -hmm. whether this is an analogy or, or this, there's truth to this or not, or it's just, you know, it's just an allegory or something, whatever. It's, it's so true. It's like the people like you wanted something from this. So you, if you, cause if you really didn't want to, if you really hated this so much that you didn't want to be a part of this, you wouldn't have came into this house uninvited, unannounced. And nobody told you to come the fuck over here. Nobody told you to come across the street and start acting the fool on my side. 
Like you could you if you really don't want to be part of the race conversation, if you really don't want to deal with the with these, you know, social justice issues, you can close your door, roll your windows up and, and move about your life. I think part of it is people don't want to be irrelevant. Like Trump makes these people relevant. And like when Black Lives Matter and all the cool progressive stuff that's happening makes them as a random, boring white person irrelevant. Just come and on out there. That's why it's like, just be supportive of it. Because it's then you, guess what? You're part of it. And if you're not, just pretend you are. Shit. God damn. Yeah. Just be happy for people. I don't know. I mean, you said this, like, because I'm thinking about, like, the last part of this conversation is, like, what about us? Right? Like, like Mike, you said this at the beginning. Like, it's, it's harder, but for the people who are on the side of good, we need to be the bigger person and forgive at some point. So, like, I, we've said this before. At some point, if you admit that you're in the wrong and will come over and, like, you know, will genuinely want to do better, like, we will accept you. Yes. We the, should. The thing is, everyone I saw on TV, everybody keeps saying black women and black people fucking saved this election or whatever. Yeah, now, don't you? Now, what are you so fucking afraid of? You think that black people aren't going to forgive you? Hello, you're still in power. I think we forgave you a long time ago. We ain't got no reparations. We ain't got no meal. We ain't got no 40 acres. We ain't got shit. All we got is a bunch of racism and some knees on the neck. And we still went out and voted for your ass. So don't, 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 don't come at me and say, you're nervous. You're scared what's going to happen. If we, if we elect Joe Biden, the black people will come and get us. Dumbass, we know where Beverly Hills is. We know where Bel Air is. We know where Connecticut is. We know, we, you know, I don't know where white people go, you know, <laughs> the, whole like, America, the whole yeah, middle of the whole middle of America. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Those are the white people places. <laughs> so like. Basically it. <laughs> like it's, it's, we, it's, nothing's going to happen to you. We like some of the most forgiving people were our probably black people. Come on now. So like, yeah. but also what I'm saying is uh, that I do think a lot of liberal people are, you know, people of color, whatever, who people who might be subordinated or or oppressed or like that's not fair that it has to be on us but guess what yes like it's it is harder work to it's or it's not fair that we have to be the ones that forgive but we were the ones that were pushed down and uh analogy i use is just like the people that pushed us down it might be a little harder for them to admit that they pushed us down apologize for it and help us up that's three steps that they have to take now, the person who got pushed down, the step all you need to take is to be like, why did you push me down? Can or you just pick, stand up. Can you pick me back up? Or they just stand up on their own, yeah. which is most of the time what black people did. We just said, fuck it, we'll stand up back on our own. You ain't trying to pick us back, fuck back up. But right now, we're like, oh, wait, this is a small opportunity. Maybe we can ask for them to help me back up. We're just going to ask. We can pick ourselves back up because we've been done it for the past 200 some years. But... We, we're just saying that at this moment, like, oh, maybe you might want to extend a hand to me. And if you don't, because you're fucking going through some weird ass shit, we can figure it out. Yeah, but, you'll be fine. But yes, it's the people on the oppressed side, the people that are subject, uh, subordinated, they have the ability to apologize and forgive. So don't be, don't be afraid or worried about, about going out and reaching out to that person. Like I, I've made, I've said a lot of things like where I'm like, Oh, if you guys come and, you know, message me after, you know, the George Floyd protests and stuff popped off and I was making fun of it and like, Oh, they just trying to make themselves feel better. I still didn't go to each of those people and say, fuck you. 
<laughs> like that was yeah. not that was not my intention. That will never be my intention. I was I was like, cool, like thank you for saying this. And I actually do appreciate you reaching out. There's a bunch of other issues and problems, you know, we can nuance issues, we can look into that, but I'm I accepted it. I accepted the apology. I will accept the apology. Don't worry about all the other shit going on in my head. It ain't your business. That's me wiping my own ass. Don't worry about, you know, <laughs> the me judging you and all that in my head. That's it. That's for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you guys feel like after you apologize to each other and you know or or you now like do you feel like you have anyone or or anything that you need to apologize for that you you've been like holding out on in life yeah you go first sure i feel like i have a <laughs> i have a bunch i have a bunch of people that i need to apologize i feel like i need to apologize to but but i just i've always felt like why am i doing it and so that's yeah. what's kept me from doing it. I feel like my intentions have never always been good in the, the moments that I thought about it. I feel like if there were anything that I feel like I would need to apologize for, it would be like how I handled disagreements that mm. led to ends of friendships mm. where like I like allowed it to end. And I was like, I don't know. I like, I just like shut down and like, didn't really like allow us to move forward or fix the problem. And yeah. so whether or not like the, cause of the problem was my fault or their fault that would be my apology i guess no, that I, makes sense i would have to agree <laughs> with that because i mean there <laughs> there might be a mutual friend of two of ours that we no longer fuck with that <laughs> that i could see that like damn i could i didn't fight for it but but yeah. part of that but, but part of that lack of fight was because this person might have been negative or bad and like it was it was a bad issue. Sometimes you gotta let some shit go, and so that but that leads to me not making a proper apology and me not completely atoning for for the the, the severance of that relationship. I could right. I could have I could have ended it better, but which ultimately like that just like. I feel like I'm noticing this more as I get older. Is that like that just like falls on you more? Like I if I don't like let go of a situation i'm the only one like no, again no one's thinking about me yeah i'm the only one who's experiencing my reality so if i'm holding on to something from 10 years ago i'm the only one holding on to it like and i'm just letting it fester in my mind that's yeah. so true i feel like i have both i feel like i have a situation where i acknowledge that i let the friendship go um when they wronged me and I feel like maybe it would have been better if I had been the bigger person in that moment. And then I have situations where I know that I just, I know now that I just have to be okay with being the villain in that person's life. Like I like I, for that. And that's something that Sonia Renee Taylor says, like, like there will be times when like, if the other person hasn't cleaned up their street and you apologize to them and they don't accept it at a certain point, you have to just be okay with your, in that person's story you are the villain and, and there's nothing that's ever going to change that. Yes, Unless maybe yeah, 10 years from now they might be, you know, they might come around and they That's hard it. though because that that is that is a good amount of people probably in America to other people. Yeah, I feel is like we're not you just dude, like you have we have to be okay that this person, there are some people out there that are like white supremacists that want all black people and Jews dead. And I and I and I'm okay with the fact that I don't think I'm ever going to be their best friend. That's not going to happen. But yeah. what I need, what I need to to make myself know, have a you know, uh, feel better about the future is that that person cannot 
they cannot completely accomplish their goal because like that that, yeah. might, that won't be good for everyone. You, and, you need to make sure that they're team rocket. Yeah, my my goal isn't to become their best friend and, and kiss them in the mouth, but my goal is to make sure that I can't hurt nobody. So like that that's what I, we have to be okay with. I actually want to take a moment then since we're doing this. I want to apologize to to white woman uh unnamed white woman who came onto my Facebook page. I want to apologize if I may have uh spoken or called you out of your name cuz I I might I get you know I get passionate when I start talking about shit. If I called you out of your name, if I was disrespectful to you as a person and your character, but I I I cannot condone the how you went about your your interaction with me it should have been it should have been private and to me personally if you truly cared about me but i will i will apologize that if i was resistant to your to to your uh seeking out to help me if you if it was genuine and true i do apologize for coming off hot and angry but like you said i'm different than i used to be so (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'm a fucking work in progress yeah, we all are, dude. I think that's, like, the biggest thing, though. Like, everyone is a work in progress. And, like, that also goes back to, like, when, like, like should white people apologize? And it's like, well, I mean, not necessarily, but you are a work in progress. Like, admit that. Like, everyone is. So, like, it's, if yeah. we're not, if you didn't do something perfectly up until now, you're probably never going to do it perfectly because none of us are doing anything perfectly. Yeah. But, like, as long as we're, like, moving in the right direction and, like, if you're like walking down the street and you like notice yourself like thinking something problematic about someone that you see on the street, like recognizing that you thought that, recognizing your bias, recognizing that like you're making a snap judgment, judging a book by its cover, and like let yourself think about that. Like maybe this person isn't what I assume they are. Like I feel like ultimately like that is progress. And like you don't need to talk to anyone about that process that goes on in your mind. Yeah, <laughs> you can literally just do it yourself. And yeah, and there's just, so like, many wipe ways. Your ass. There's so many. <laughs> wipe, wipe your own ass. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to do though because you know you feel like you need to put everything online. I mean, like then go like tell like a, a close trusted friend who like isn't gonna be like or triggered by it or something. Yeah. Like if like you're a white person grappling with like your privilege. Go talk to another white person, and you yeah. two can maybe learn something together. Not you. I feel like you're. You should actually, I should I get off the show? <laughs> no, you're, you. I, I, no, I feel I'm, like you even I'm, doing this show is like your version of like w- like working through your own biases and perspectives. And yeah, like, I'm gonna call them out because I'm 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 unsure uh, how many white people that you have the conversations that we have on this podcast or in private. I'm unsure how many times you do that with other white people. You know what? Honestly, I don't have that conversation enough with other white people. That's a fact. But the thing is, I don't talk to that many people these days. I really don't talk. I mean, because... I don't either. That's the issue. I'm like, how the heck am I going to solve anything? I know, like, how am I going to reach out and bridge this divide? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just haven't spoken to like, people in What months. are you going to do? Just <laughs> That's like our mess- generation's problem. What are you going to do as a white person? Just message like, hey, fellow white person, you want to talk about how we feel shitty about ourselves? Yeah, like, I'm gonna come on I actually nowhere. do have a friend who... Um, she We went to school with her. And she someone in her sorority, I guess, like is like, super, like, Republican and, like, has huge Trump supporter. And then, like, at one point, she, like, um, like, mentioned that, like, she, like, realized that, like, Trump is an asshole or whatever. And then, Mm. like, uh, so that was nice. So I was like, oh, maybe there's, like, some growth there. And then she 
literally a few months later, like started posting stuff about like being like pro-life and like how people are trying to like block like Amy Coney Barrett from like the this, Supreme Court and all this. This is a thing. So then our friend, she like reached out to her and literally called her out being like, I thought that you said that like Trump was an asshole. And I thought that you like had this like, it was like during the... A George Floyd protest that she like mm-hmm. had this like turnaround and then she like turned back around. Yeah, because <laughs> there is an active disinformation That's... campaign in order to keep people addicted to the heroin of bullshit. But you know? I see, you know, we always go back and forth to this because I'm going to say that that only does so much. It does so little. I'm no, in, in the world of Mike Thompson, you no longer get to use media. You no longer get to use Russian collusion. You no longer get to use Donald Trump to explain your bigotry, your ignorance, and your stupidity. That is all you, motherfucker. At this point in time, this is 2020. If, if you watch a movie and you don't know who's in the movie, do you go around talking about it every week to everyone? Like, oh, who was in that movie? I don't know who it was. Oh my God. Four but months later, you still don't know. Everyone around Around you is talking about that movie, so you feel like you have to be part of the conversation. But no, I'm what it's I'm what, what I'm getting at is you fucking look it up and find out. It takes yeah. a second. You don't make it everyone in the whole world's issue that you hold on to for 20-something years, yeah. 40 years, because you didn't know who the fuck was in that but movie. But I do think there's a thing where, like, when you're the one outlier in a situation, like, a, a group, right, and you all of a sudden have an epiphany or a realization, and then you bring it up to other people, and then they shoot you down because they have a, they benefit from keeping up this white supremacy delusion. Oh, I don't then, know about that. Then, <laughs> then you then feel like you are going against the grain and you now have to become what you, you, you revert. Well, back. too freaking bad, Grant. I'm not saying I, this is me. I mean, like, I, being but I'm, but I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to use you as an example because it's like, oh my God, sorry that as a white person, sometimes you got to sit in a group of white people and might say an opinion that makes you feel a little bit different than everyone in the fucking room. I have been that physically my whole life. I don't yeah. even, I can agree with people and people still argue with me. I do that in this house. I will literally have conversations with you and Cade and we say the same thing, but because how I said it and how I look, y'all still be like, well, no. And I'm like, you know, I'm agreeing with you right now, right? I just said it with the bonnet, so it, it sounds goes, different. That's not exactly true because it goes both ways where like, I will, like, we'll be saying something that you, you disagree. We, like, we agree. We both agree, but we are both disagreeing. Like but it does if I go disagree with you, I said I disagree with that. That's true. But there's multiple times where we have had heated conversations and we'll be like, we all agree. No, that's you. But we you. keep going at the intensity. That, but that's you saying we... Why would you say we agree and then still argue with me then? Because we don't agree, probably. I probably said I disagree with you, but you want me to agree with you. So you say, we're actually all on the same page. I'm like, no, we're not. I just said I'm not on the same page. No, but I'm talking about a very specific situation where we all realized we were agreeing with each other, and then we like all slowly came to the same realization. But I don't see... I my, What I'm trying to get at is I don't think I... I'm never in that place where I thought we weren't on the same page. The world, the world we live in, just because you agree doesn't mean you cannot be critical and you cannot be like, I agree with you, but I don't want to go about it that way. That's, that That's makes no true. sense. Do I, I can look at the left right now. All y'all flipping out about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all that shit. Don't you guys, you guys are on the same side, but aren't you, why are you fighting? Well, that's a classic liberal move is like we eat our own tail. Like, <laughs> like we're the most self-hating. So I, 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 I'm just, I, what I'm getting at is that 
that the, the life I live and the physical appearance that I have can all can sometimes make things that I say or do automatically in opposition. So if sometimes you have to sit around a kitchen table, Thanksgiving table, and you might have to say, oh, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so or whoever cousin, that that was kind of racist. That was transphobic. That was kind of weird. Why did you say that? And you feel like, oh, my God, I feel different at this moment. Like, imagine if you had to do that always. Without even Dude, saying anything. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I can literally just walk into a room and everybody goes, he probably supports Barack Obama. He probably has uh, been to jail. He probably has a knife in his pocket. He probably has uh, been very misogynist to women and has three babies that he's never met. People would just say that just for me walking into the room. I ain't even mad even bring up an opinion yet. So and you and you're mad and you're worried that if you sit in a room and and raise your hand and say something like human uh, humane that people are gonna get mad at you. I mean, whether we like it's it or wild. not, he being humanity is like a radical act nowadays. Right? Like, he, like being anti-racist <laughs> or anti-fascist or like any of these things is like a radical thing to do. That's and so like, silly. That's so it true. is going against the grain. So like when like someone has to like speak to their community about something and they're like shot down. Like, I don't know, like you have to kind of go into that knowing that like you will get shot down and then also find a community of people who can support you so that you can keep going back to these conversations where you do get shot down and not be completely like demoralized by them. Mm -hmm. That is, that is so real. So if you're only surrounded by people who are like racist, then like find some people who aren't, who can like help you like, have a non-racist life. <laughs> Be healthy for you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I I know everybody doesn't have the opportunity because they might live Go on somewhere. social media. Go yeah. find a group that's yes. called anti-racist. I, Type it into Google. I'm like sure you, 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 like it's 2020. <laughs> like you don't have to like I, I you don't have to physically see anyone nowadays yeah. to like live your life. That's what, and that's what I'm getting at. There's no excuse now. Yeah, I do think though that like there is something to say for white people who still want to be friends with all of their same white people friends but the only reason the only if the only thing that makes them different is that they support you know not being racist now all of a sudden well what's the solution i like all my friends well i'll just continue being you know, I'm not speaking up about racism so that I can still be friends with all my and friends I, because racism doesn't affect my life. It does affect your life. But then that's it, like a matter of like value. It's like you yeah, value it is a value your social issue. standing more than others' lives. Yeah. Everybody is. should be allowed to do that. If you want to do that, by, by all means do that. I'm. This is a PSA. If you're a white person and you know a bunch of white people that might be racist, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic and stuff like that and you let it go by because you're like, I really like being their friend, guess what? You are also a racist, a homophobe or misogynistic. Yeah, because so you take that suck. as more valuable. Pick, yeah. what, pick what you want to do. What what means more to you? Being decent to other human beings, whether you know them or not, or, or can relate to them or not, or does being comfortable all the time and and at the value or the expense of others is that more important to you? And at the same time, if like you like going into these conversations, if like your safety is put at risk, like that is like also like also like. Just remove yourself then. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, you don't need to, like, fight this battle if you're going to, like, get hurt by it. But keep fighting it in your own life. Like, there's definitely going to be people who aren't going to, like, listen to you. But yeah. that doesn't mean that, like, you should then, like, revert back and be like, oh, I guess no one agrees with me. Like, I'm going to go back to hating black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Like, like that's not really, no, like, a great solution. Answer. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So how are we going to wrap this up? 
Because well, this, is, this is a big-ass burrito. This is a Chipotle burrito <laughs> of, of intense, you know, topics. I, I, I guess coming off of, like, Sonia Renee Taylor, Amanda Seals. Uh, Monique. Monique. Uh, what you know, the presidency and the election and racism and all these issues and old friends popping up and accusing you of of certain things. With all of that, I think, I think the the step that I can take, I can't speak for everybody else. The step that I can take is just try to realize what part do I play in all those situations, because I I play a role in a lot of those. There might have been times in high school, there's actually not might, there were times in high school where I probably let someone say the, the N-word and I didn't say anything because I was like, you know what, it's not today. Today is not the day. There was a time where someone uh, grabbed my afro and pressed her hand in it and I was like, <laughs> like yeah, it's like a sponge because I didn't want, this is second period PE and I wasn't ready to fight somebody on a Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, I wasn't in the mood to do that. So I let it go. So when people saw me and I let it go, they were like, oh, Mike's in one of the good black guys. There was a time yeah. where people like called Mike's me chill. black. <laughs> right, not chill at all. It's not chill at all. There's a time <laughs> where my nickname was Black Mike, and I let everyone call me that. That was your screen for, name For on four Twitter. years, and that was my screen name for a very long time was Black Mike. Yeah. Even at my job, my first job I ever had, people called me Black Mike because there was an Italian one. He got to be the Italian one. He wasn't the white one. And then there was a, a Mexican Mike. We, I was black Mike. So I let that happen. And wasn't because he, I, he wasn't even Italian Mike. Wasn't he just Mike? Wasn't it Mike and black Mike? Yeah, he was just Mikey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was a little bullshit. But that, see, even in those moments I can recognize, I let those things occur. And I made a mistake. I contributed to racism. Racism, I guess what? I can still contribute to it. I can't benefit from it. We talked about this so much. I can't benefit from it, but I can contribute to it. So by me doing those things and making those missteps, people could easily be like, oh, well, Mike was cool with it, so A, B, and C, other black people might be cool with it. And I I fucked up. So so you fast forward to now when I'm 32 years old, and I don't want to let nobody call me black Mike. I won't let nobody fucking touch my hair or put their hand in my afro. I will cuss their ass out immediately because it's a whole thing. A lot of things have changed, whether it's social media, crazy presidents, ABC, whatever. But because of that, I can understand why someone would come on my Facebook page and say, Mike, you seem angrier than you used to be. Because there is some truth to that. I was full of shit. But I had, you know, whether racism was the reason of it or whether I, you know, did it knowingly or unknowingly, uh, it's it's true. So I can I also acknowledge don't that. think in the past, like, just based on the stories that you've told, like your life in LA is like the first environment you've been in. That's been like truly safe for you to be outspoken. That's true. Yes. Like Bakersfield and orange County, like in these predominantly white spaces, like you do kind of have to like be defensive and you can't let, and you have to just like let things go. Cause and you don't want to get even, your ass kicked. By even in our people. own house. Like you heard what he just said. You even saw how we reacted when like, when he brought it up. Like, I think, like, that's one thing that I think I can do is I, I should be able to acknowledge when, yeah, maybe I, it was it was like a microaggression for me to, you know, not to question whether or not we're agreeing on something, even when we're talking about it and, and, and being fully honest about it. And so, like, from, from my perspective, like, I need to call myself out first for when I speak up wrong and for when I don't speak up. And particularly with you, like, I apologize because I know there's times when we've talked about stuff over the eight years that we've lived together 
that like I have definitely done some version of questioning you or you know not not a you know maybe not agreeing with you right away or 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 still having that like white supremacist delusion come into your head as white as uh, Sonia Renee Taylor calls it where you just question without even realizing it implicitly you question women and people of color yeah because of the patriarchy and all that stuff so I apologize for all the times that I know I've done that when you're telling me stories about jobs and I'm like well are you sure that maybe you didn't come off a certain way I know I've done that yeah I tried to do it a lot less now that I realize that (laughs) over the past years but I know I've done that so it's like you gotta just do you forgive him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay over here do you, uh, I'm, just I'm the over here. there's so much more i should apologize for but. i i think me doing this podcast with you is the apology so you can take that uh but i, <laughs> I, yeah, I know no but true. no we've had these conversations and i and yeah. and it's it it goes the other way too you know with uh age and other things because you know i'm older a little bit older than you stuff like that so there probably be times where they, we have those like those privileges that i may acquire or have uh, can be presented like, well, he doesn't know better because he ain't experienced this yet, or he don't know this because he don't you don't know how to do that. Like, uh, and those things may occur, but it's like recognizing them and being able to move forward from it. Yeah. Like now, now we we've we've created a new language, uh, and a new type of dialogue. Like I want to go back to what I said a long time ago, but uh, bring that back is that between us we created a new uh, a new middle a new middle a new median. Mm-hmm. So what is what's moderate between our friendship is different now. It's not like oh he's a black classmate he's a white classmate. No now our moderate is we are friends. Yeah. So no matter what happens outside of that, whether we go far right and start arguing and we're mad and hate each other, or go far left and start extremely pitying each other without uh, any find out all information. We go back to the center and say, at the end of the day, we are friends. So whatever we may have said or didn't say, we know the root of what's going on here. You have to change that middle. You can't let that shit, you can't let the, what, the root of, of your relationships or the root of your understanding of people be that same problem. If, you're, if, you're, if your only knowledge of black people is this one thing, and that one thing is a problem, I guess what? You got to change that because you're going to always go back to that no yeah. matter what you do. If you only see black people as, as thugs or slaves or something, if you only see white people as uh, racist, I mean, if you only see cops as violent killers, you got you have to change that. And I know that's not that's not going to you know sit well with everybody because I'm I'm apologizing for cops. I mean, my dad was law enforcement, so I I I figured it out. You have to be able to change change what what moderate means to you. You have to be able to change what the baseline is for yourself. I think what both sides. All sides. There's not even just all sides, sides matter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, what all sides need to do is like just ultimately like be like nice to each other, and like you have to just like be aware that everyone comes from a different place, and like just focus on yourself. I think I'm gonna add to that and say there has to be an acknowledgement that harm has been done, yeah. and tr- and both try to. We know that there's all these problems in America. We need to come to the table and and say, okay, look, we bu- we know that we've done harm. We want to fix it. We maybe don't agree with your radical way to fix it, you know, on the left of defunding and all this stuff, but we know we want to fix it. So what's something we can do? You know? Right. And also, like, when you were saying about, like, the cops and, like, apo- like, apologizing for cops, like, you're not. I feel like, ultimately, we need to, like, move past labels. Both, everyone's using labels. Everyone's, like, 
saying like, oh, this person is this thing, so this is how I feel about it. True. Even how the left feels about Trump supporters. Like, yeah. I'm like oh, crazy. so you voted for Trump? That means I automatically hate you, or like, whatever. And this is and a like, huge issue on the right, too, because they, they hate liberals. They hate right. us. Right, they think, they they think BLM us. is like a, like the... Democratic parties like conspiracy where they're like funneling money into the DNC like that it's like there's so many different like I don't know like there's so many things that people think it's wild yeah. like it's, it's wild so it's like ultimately like instead of saying like all cops are whatever like you like the institution is not good the institutions in this country are not good a lot of people subscribe to those institutions a lot of people are victims of those institutions Mm -hmm. and so seeing like the individual person as opposed to like the label i think Mm -hmm. is like really like the key and and so like when if you're sitting here and you're like well i don't know like mike keeps pulling out this bullshit about you know changing what the the baseline is and changing what the median is you're like what is that it's not that hard it's human individual well just i'm I'm going i'm going with human because because you know, or individual, because like we're we gonna treat animals better and all that stuff, cool too. But if you see a cop and all this, there's all this crazy shit that pushes him over to the far right. If you remember that he's a human being, I, I bet you it's gonna lead to somewhere of a reconciliation or somewhere to understanding. And if he also, on the same token, can do that for that unarmed 15 year old kid that's running by or whatever, and he's like, okay, this kid looks dangerous. And he's in a dangerous neighborhood, but he is a human being, though. Then you'd be like, okay, well, I need to find a way to stop him from hurting himself or hurting others. And that's it. And you're not thinking about, I need to kill him. Because the, the baseline is, is human. You ain't trying to kill nobody. You're not trying to kill a human just because they're a human being. So it's like, this, all you got to do is just go back to that. Like, I don't understand where, at what point in our world did we start, like, Forgetting that other people are like 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 alive just like us. Where do we just stop taking value? Where do we start taking value away from human lives? I mean, I can pinpoint some years and some dates where you know where <laughs> where certain countries started doing that to certain other people. But it's easy to go back to to fix that. Like I, if we know that's true, so like fix it. We know that black people think you don't value our lives, so prove to us that you do. We know that uh, Republicans think that Democrats do A, B, and C. So Democrats prove to them that you don't, and then vice versa. Republicans prove that you tr- prove to them that you're not all just racist and you're not all bigots. It's like it. I don't know why no one wants to do the work, I, and, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think there are a lot of individuals out there doing the work. But clean up your side of the street first. Clean work up your that. side of the street. Sonia Renee Taylor said it. Shout out to Small Doses podcast. Everyone should definitely check it out. It's really, really good. Um, shout out Amanda Seals. Follow Sonia Renee Taylor on Instagram. Shout out black women. Yeah. Fuck I wouldn't yeah. be here if it wasn't for a black Fuck woman. So they, yeah. that's my shit. Shout out to black women. And yeah, just check out those those places and then start by cleaning up your, your side of the street. Atone. And if there's someone you need to apologize to, think about your intentions. Am I, do I really want to apologize to them? Or do I just want them to make me feel better? Well, if you just want them to make you feel better, you know what? Maybe you need to just sit with that. That's between you and your God, to quote Sonia Renee Taylor. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cleaning up the side of the street, Clarence, you need to clean up your shit. Cause... Well, we need to clean up the lights in this house. We've been, <laughs> we've been uh, sitting in the dark here for a minute, so...
Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.